the deciding factors in a game aren't like when you're jogging. Right. Like, even though, like, if we look at the stats, that's true. That's like a, a good point. You know, what I'm saying, like, if we look at the stats of a game, um, I think only like, I oh, mean, I was just looking at this, but it's it's less than 10 percent of like the total distance you cover. It's less than 10 percent of uh, of like of like the fast movements, which is not a lot. But those are the deciding factors of a game. Mm -hmm. It's a breakaway. The fast player who's going to sprint, what is it, like 40, like 50 yards? He scores a goal off a counterattack. Boom, right? And that lasted maybe, what, five seconds, right? Yeah. Those five seconds are the deciding factor of a game. Yeah. No, that's that's really good. I have not actually thought about it in that way, but it is true. I mean, obviously, we know you don't play the game at a jogging pace when you have the ball, mm -hmm. you know? Like, you, they're... The game is a, a rhythm. It's a change of tempo. Mm -hmm. But to think about it in that way where you have to be at top speed to do anything that is game changing. Mm -hmm. I think that puts things in perspective. Yeah. And shows you like why it is so important because that's the edge. It's like you can play the game, but what's your final product? If your final product isn't like quality, mm -hmm. then you're never going to be viewed as a quality player a top level player you have to be able to do it under pressure at top speed you know so yeah exposing them more to that yes is like that's what you're saying it's like so important well if it wasn't three o'clock maybe we would have a beer right now dude i was thinking about it i was like dude like, should i grab her nah dude i want to get a run in later and stuff and i'm just but hey, next time, got man. things to do. Got yeah, things yeah. to do. That's got right. things to do. That's right, man. Well, welcome back, everybody. This is episode 33 of the Footy Pod. I keep saying welcome back because we keep having these hiatuses. You know, yeah. it's actually like I think a couple months since we did episode 32. I'll blame Evan for it. He's been uh, holding out on me. His schedule has not been coordinating up with ours very well. So we haven't been able to record many lately, but. Hopefully we're coming back better, because that's what we're trying to be, is just better all the time. Just better. I know you know a thing or two about getting better. This is Abraham Armis with Armis Strength and Conditioning. Yes, sir, right here, man. Yup. Boom. Got to look at the camera. Yes, you see sir. that? Yes, sir. You're right here, guys. That's it. <laughs> Abraham and I, uh, we have a relationship from the past, actually. I almost forgot to bring this up, but when you were working with Exos at Drive Nation, you were doing kind of physical therapy and performance training almost uh, together? Or were you just focusing more on the performance training side? It, it was just the performance, but there was a physical therapist on site. That's right. Yeah. So we were at Drive Nation for a little while running our programs. This was pre-COVID. Post-COVID put a halt to our time there. Actually, both of us at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not really sure. Maybe you can fill in the gap for us, but... What you were doing during that time before you started working more with DKSC, which is how we've reconnected now, mm -hmm. and obviously now we're working together with our brands. And um, but why don't you fill in that gap for us? What were you doing th during that time before you made the transition to DKSC? Yeah, so so kind of how like Sean was saying, uh, COVID just you know I lost my job, and that was my only job, and I had to uh, honestly find a way to get some income you yeah. know you know like i had just signed a lease uh like like near there as well and i was like okay i guess i gotta you know find my own clients and then so i took my social media to that next level and i just honestly i started like reaching out to like friends and family dude i was charging like 
like $12 for people to come in and train. Did you have your brand established at this point? So, uh, no, not necessarily, but I did have an Instagram, which I had been uploading for like already, for already about a year, but it was just there. I just wanted to upload just videos of me training and I had probably a thousand, 2000 followers. No, like probably more like 1500 around there. And I was like, man, I think I can make something out of it. So I just started taking inspiration from other like Instagrams. Okay. How can I get more? Uh, what is it? More like people like to come in. More engagement. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and then, like, long story short, I started to get clients and stuff. And I was actually, I first started off doing just, like, soccer skills stuff, right? Like, obviously, I have a background in soccer. I was like, I'm not the best skills coach, but I can show kids, like, how to, you know, like, do some of my moves. And So, you're trying to kind whatever. of do both in one like at you, the time. Yeah, and... It was just because I just wanted clientele. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care so what, taking I did. what you could get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I knew eventually I was gonna do full performance and stuff. I was even doing like that was always in your horizons. Every time, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just kept on like uploading. And long story short, so Juan, which is uh, the performance director with EKC mm-hmm. for the strength and conditioning side, he reached out to me, and when we had we had like stay in touch. Juan Robles, Juan to Robles. be specific. That's right. There's a lot That's of Juans right. at DK. Too many Juans, man. I love them all. They're all great Juans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we're talking about Juan Robles. Yeah. And he pretty much said, hey, Harry, like, we're looking to hiring. And yeah. long story short, uh, I got hired on. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've been with DKSC for how long now? This so will be your third year? This is my third year, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so this will be my second year. Mm-hmm. So you started just a year before me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I know that the girls' side has really benefited from y'all's training and, you know, with the new weight room they just have built um, or yeah. are still working on. Um, it's pretty much done, right? It's pretty, it's pretty much done. We want to maybe – we have all the essentials, I'll say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weight room. It's a weight room. That's yeah. awesome for the club. Like, you know, especially for our older players, like the more elite-level players, like the performance training is so important. Mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're just trying to be the best that we can be. That's what we're about. That's what you're about. And I think not enough people are aware of how critical the strength and conditioning side of things really are for a number of different reasons. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would say, what what do you think is the most important reason for incorporating strength and conditioning into your training regimen? And so, in one word, longevity. Right. I it's know a good word. I, I, so I know that most people that want to get into strength and conditioning, it's it's mainly because like, hey, coach, I want to be faster. I want to be powerful. I want to be the fastest. Like I want to be like Mbappe, you know, like, I want to be that fast. And you, like w- we can get you fast. I don't know if I can get you Mbappe fast, it's, it's, you know, but uh, <laughs> that's a different breed. Yeah, I do. Like that's just yeah. But um, my biggest goal is just longevity. If a player stays healthy, if a player has a long career, that's a big win for me, you know, because at, at the end of the day, what strength and conditioning does, it doesn't take over your life, right? Like if you're a soccer player, uh, it just supplements it. Supplements it. Yeah, right. And, yeah. And, and, and so if you're able to just like really take advantage of the strength and conditioning side where it supplements your game, you know, just focus on your game. And again, you're, you're going to have a long and healthy career. But would you say it's supplemental or more fundamental? Like fundamental. Oh, yeah. okay. So, like it's critical. Like yes. you can't just like maybe add it on to your training. Like you yeah. have to have it as part of your training. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. With that, let's start off by saying um, 
a player needs a certain like foundation of like physical abilities, right? Mm-hmm. You get some players who are already like older, like in their teens, like 15, 16, and I see big gaps in their athletic ability, and I'm like, man, if if he was already more athletic, um, you know, like he could run faster, and obviously, like running faster is a big benefit in the field, right? Like everybody looks at those, right? Like you, you've heard the term like speed kills and stuff. He's gonna be stronger, and he's gonna be less like injury prone because they have all these sort of like movement patterns in, in their toolbox. Yeah. You know, I've trained so many athletes, and there's a lot of awkward moving athletes uh, who don't maybe like run efficiently, who don't like change direction efficiently, just like cutting, like running, like touch a cone and like change like a 180 degree cut. Like I've seen like there's players that can't even do that. I'm like, man, like imagine if you knew how to do that simple thing, very simple thing, like how much faster like you could get to that ball. Yeah. You know, uh, because at, at the end of the day, everybody wants that first step. And whoever gets to the ball first will essentially wins that battle, that first battle, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a sport. And in any sport, you have to be an athlete first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the main thing is like, in this country, we either have athletes only in soccer. And maybe they're not like, they cannot move specifically to the game. Mm-hmm. But they get by with it with their just pure athleticism. Mm-hmm. And then we have other players who only play. Mm-hmm. And it's like on both sides, you're missing out on something. So mm-hmm. what is it that players are missing out on if they're not doing the strength and conditioning? Yeah. Uh, with one, again, going back to that longevity and the body being resilient, right? If we can increase the capacity for what the player can withstand, right, it's going to make everything else easier them like running for the ball them being able to you know like just like go like 1v1 up against one player like two players right again if we increase the ceiling right the player is able to do so many other things right so but i would say uh, a a missing thing is just again that uh like injury prevention side mm-hmm. right like let's start off with just strength training like if we had like buckets that would be the bucket that's uh filled like the least you know, and the players need to get that filled up again because of that capacity builds. And then next to that is, okay, we have the capacity. How can we transfer it over? How can we make it more specific? That's where jumping, uh, I guess, so that's where jumping really plays a big role. Jumping in all these sort of directions. Like for me, man, like for really any human, jumping is the best thing that a person can do. Yeah. Right. You, you kind of think of, uh, you know, like what did we do as kids? Go on the playground, like jump off of like 10 feet, God knows why. You got to land. You got to land. land. But, push off. Yeah. But, but like doing that, like that's what builds, uh, you know, a, resi- a resilient, you know, like so. But that and then also doing like speed workouts as well. Right. And uh, a speed workout, again, yes, to get faster, but also to get exposure. You know, we never want a player to be undertrained. We've heard of players being overtrained a lot. But what we don't talk about is a player being undertrained and underprepared right mm-hmm. so again if we do the strength and conditioning side again that's like that's making you like one percent better right mm-hmm. and if you're a serious player why wouldn't you utilize whatever tools you have to make you one percent better two percent better like whatever with like everything you, yeah you know what i'm saying like you yeah. want to increase everything that you can to get to that next level of course you got to have all the tools in the toolbox exactly for sure mm-hmm. and it's like it, it is it, that's something that is not recognized as much 
Um, of course, the strength and conditioning can help improve <clears throat> performance, but I don't <clears throat> think a lot of people actually realize how important it is for injury prevention to protect their body from injury. Mm-hmm. That's something that I had to learn the hard way, like mm-hmm. the really hard way. You mm-hmm. know, like I grew up, I never really had injuries, but in high school, like I committed to soccer. I played all the sports, you know. Mm-hmm. I committed to soccer later on, so I didn't have the like um, technical development that I could have had at that age. If I had spent that time only playing soccer, only training soccer. And so my body wasn't necessarily used to that because it had never been worked to that level. Mm-hmm. And I go through high school and never really had any issues. But as soon as I get to college, first day of preseason, three sessions. Yeah. You know, yeah. three sessions. Mm-hmm. I get there and my body is just like, whoa, like overloaded mm-hmm. and immediately pull a hamstring. And then, like, from there, it was just, like, I was never healthy. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. For, like, so for, like, 18 to 22, like, critical developmental years, mm-hmm. I was not really playing because I was always injured. Mm-hmm. And it's because my body wasn't prepared for that level at all. I was missing the technical development early, early on. And then by the time I got to high school, it was, like, the normal strength and conditioning program you have at school, right? If so it's, that- like... If that, if that, that. but we did have it, but it was, you know, football coaches running it. So it was like Olympic lifts, like, you know, a bunch of like, like really heavy, heavy work, but not specific to the sport. Mm -hmm. And so, and even, even actually going into college, like the program that they gave us was, it looked like a football program, you know? And so it's like, I knew that I wasn't prepared. And I feel like if athletes now understand how to prepare physically, mm-hmm. it's just going to set them up for everything else that they do. Yeah. Like, what do you think about the the injury prevention side of it? Like, do you think that, I guess, let me put it this way. What is that sweet spot, right? You talked about overloading and underloading. So what's that zone in there, that sweet spot where we're optimizing performance mm-hmm. it's it's hard to answer that question as far as like oh hey like once you reach this level psh, like you're bulletproof right yeah so let me start off by saying this if you're a player and can like if you go on google and type uh strength standards for example like for us right so like strength standard for a male right so, so we go on google you type your age like your height like your weight etc cetera, etc cetera, and then you put in how much you're able to do in the squat Mm-hmm. And then it says, okay, they, like based on this number of squat for your for your one rep max, um, you're like an average like, an, like individual for an athlete or whatever the case is. And then there's also numbers where it's like, are you below average? Are you poor? Sorry. Um, are you above average or are you excellent? Right? And a lot of soccer players you'll find are poor or below average. If you can at least get in the, mind, in the middle, I think like you're at a very good place. That's where a soccer player should be. Well, that's where any yeah. athlete should be. I oh, would for say. sure, for You're sure. Right. But soccer but yeah, players specifically, yeah. you don't need them at the top, but they can't be at the bottom yeah. either. Because, because, you know, there's a question that's been asked, um, like, is too strong bad, right? And my short answer is no, right? Like, you can never be, like, too strong. What you can do is overlift. Mm-hmm. You know, if all you're doing is lifting weights and not really doing the necessary jumping and 
you know, like but that's strength too, which is why you say yeah. like, you know, too much strength is not bad. It's just different types of strength. Yes, yes, yes. yes you're right. And I'm, I'm gonna do my best to not like nerd out and stuff. But, Go for it, man. But it's like be nerdy. But it's like if we look at like how much force like we're producing. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know that's the strength part of it. Okay, now can we produce force at a high speed? Because at the end of the day, you're an athlete. You want to be producing high forces at high speeds, or at least you know do things explosively. And that's where things like Olympic lifting may come into play. That's where like weighted jumping, uh, like plyometrics, step jumps, uh, you know, just like all these like sorts of things, right? And there's another word for that, like plyometrics, which is that's that's dynamic strength. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the word I'm. Uh, I'm looking for, but again, you're doing all this lifting. Now let's make sure it carries over, right? Make sure that you're doing the athletic movements. So your body recognizes, oh, hey, he still wants us to be athletic. So we need to be able, like our tendons, I need to be able to load and explode fast and stuff, you know? So it's just bridging that gap from the gym to the field. Oh yeah. 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 No, that's, that's great. I think that like just even just understanding that will help players understand how they need to train Mm -hmm. a a lot better Mm -hmm. um you know i think like uh, one thing that we were talking about even before this was like how would we have trained when we were younger Mm -hmm. like i just talked about it a little bit on on i guess both soccer and strength and conditioning side like Mm -hmm. i know for the soccer side of things i would have just done the simple work early on like you know mm-hmm. ball mastery passing with the wall like that simple stuff i just never knew i never knew what to do of course yeah yeah and so it's like if you knew what you know now what would you go back and do then yeah um my biggest thing was overtraining and obviously not training right yeah i mean i remember uh i looked up this the Cristiano Ronaldo program, right? <laughs> and I did it, and it was... Uh, how to get eight-pack abs. Like, everything, dude. Like, it was, like, how to get, like, Cristiano Ronaldo body. It was body, not performance. It was, it was like, how to get a body. face, too? <laughs> yeah, shit, right? <laughs> and height, right? Yeah. yeah um, and the tan. Yeah, and the tan, yeah. man. <laughs> but, uh, and it was off of the bodybuilding.com website. Me as a, like, 17-year-old, I was, I mean, I didn't know anything. I was like, hey, it is... Yeah. You know, like I, I knew it wasn't him, but I was like, hey, these are the professionals. They must know what they're doing. And I remember some of the stuff. It was like it was like 30 box jumps at a time, which like going back to it, I'm like, man, that's just overloading for endurance. Soccer players already do way too much endurance. We need to prioritize more of the power stuff. Right. Mm. So a, <clears throat> a big thing that players don't get is what aren't you getting on the field? You're already doing a lot of endurance stuff. Now let's maximize more of the anaerobic, which is uh, like, again, like the like fast stuff. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But explosiveness. Explosiveness. Yeah. And, and and that's one thing I would do. Like, you know, what I'm saying like first of all, I would do more jumping, more explosive movements, at a lower rep range. There's no need like for us to go like for endurance. So again. how would you modify that? Like instead of just 30 straight bunk box jumps, what would you do instead? So let's say it was like three sets of like 30 box jumps, in one session for just that exercise, all right? Or, or how about this? If that was the only exercise of jumping, I I may do, I don't know, like four sets of four reps, right? With like good rest like in between because the rest is, is going to maximize that power production. It's going to, and then so that's going to ensure that we get those adaptations. Mm-hmm. It's going to tell the body, hey, like o- over the long run, this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to be explosive, right? 
And while you do that, you increase your 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 like jumping ceiling as well, right? So now all these all these other smaller jumps, all these other more endurance jumps, they're actually they're actually going to benefit from you doing these lower reps because again, you increase that capacity. Right. You know what I mean? I, I'll I'll put it to you this way right here. Let's say and let's see if I can hoard this right. Let's say a fast player um, runs. And I'm just going to throw out a big random number. Nobody's this fast. 30 miles an hour, right? No players are like this fast. It's like a right. cheetah. Yeah, exactly, right. Um, and then no, you have run like 60, right? I don't know. I don't know what they run. It's like a deer. It's like 70, like no? That. It's I like 70. Know. That's fast. Yeah. It's like a bear. Bears run 30 <laughs> bear, miles an hour. Bears are fast. They yeah. have a lot of endurance, and they're big, dude. I don't want to mess with a bear. Dude. And, but so a player that runs 30 miles an hour compared to a player that runs 20 miles an hour, right? Let's say uh, that like you test them like in a way just like trying to get their, their performance and each player needs to run it 10 times who do you think is going to be able to maintain oh sorry, actually here and their goal is to run it at at uh let's say 18 miles an hour right like 10 times and they need to hit that mark exactly do you think the guy that's that his top speed is 20 miles an hour is going to be able to sustain that in comparison to the guy who runs, who's, who's Where capacity. It's only like 66% of his capacity. Of his capacity, yeah. yeah. So do you see what I mean? So, and that's kind of how I like to think of it as well with the strength and with the, you know what I'm saying, like the jumping, right? all that stuff. If your ceiling is higher, the, the lower intensity stuff, which may be the ceiling of other players, that's going to be so easy. Yeah, you know and that's, I mean? that's one of the most important performance metrics for a soccer player too is like repeated sprint ability like mm -hmm. how yes. many times you can just repeat the same your same top speed again and again with minimal rest because that's mm -hmm. the game it's like you sprint then you rest you sprint then you rest mm -hmm. there are obviously times where you're jogging you're you know moving at a lower tempo mm -hmm. yeah but you have to be able to go and go and yeah. go and you don't always have the time to be able to fully yeah. recover but you have to be able to yeah. maintain that tempo which well, like the deciding factors in a game aren't like when you're jogging right like even though like if we look at the stats that's true that's like a, a good point you know what I'm saying? like if we look at the stats of a game um i think only like i mean i was just looking at this but it's it's less than 10 percent of like the total distance you cover it's less than 10 percent of uh of like of like the fast movements which is not a lot but those are the des deciding factors of a game. Mm -hmm. It's a breakaway. The fast player who's going to sprint, what is it, like 40, like 50 yards, he scores a goal off a counterattack, boom, right? And that lasted maybe, what, five seconds, right? Yeah. Those five seconds are the deciding factor of a game. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. I have not actually thought about it in that way, but mm -hmm. it is true. I mean, obviously, we know mm -hmm. you don't play the game at a jogging pace when you have the ball, mm -hmm. you know? Like, you, there... The game is a, a rhythm. It's a change of tempo. Mm -hmm. But to think about it in that way where you have to be at top speed to do anything that is game-changing, mm -hmm. I think that puts things in perspective Yeah, and shows you like why it is so important because that's the edge. It's like you can play the game, but what's your final product? If your final product isn't like quality, mm -hmm. then you're never going to be viewed as a quality player a mm -hmm. top level player you have to be able to do it under pressure at top speed you know mm -hmm. so yeah exposing them more to that yes it's only a kick a jump a block 
It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So with that, again, just exposure. And I love that you use that word because that's a word I use a lot. Uh, you know, even if let's say that you're already a fast player, but you're not getting those. Let's put it like this. Like you're not opening up like the legs into those like higher, um, those higher uh, speed like distances like 40 meters, like 30 yeah. meters, right? Like if you're not exposing yourself to that enough, well, now you're not prepared for it. And if and if the match or if a game demands that of you, you know, that of you, if that sounds right. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't know English. Um, <laughs> then, you know, like if the body's not ready for that, you're probably going to pull a hamstring or something, right? Or at least like your risk is higher. So exposing the players to what they're going to see on the field is super important, mm-hmm. right? And just again, like starting with that, if the player if the player has exposure, the player is prepared, and if the player is prepared, well, you're pre- prepared to win and succeed, right? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so, what do you see? Like, are some common mistakes of players that are starting to introduce strength and conditioning into their routine, into their programs? Uh, kind and, of. And and on top of that, too, when do you? start to introduce that Mm. let me put it so let me say this first you can start strength training as old as like six years old yeah but it's gonna look completely different than someone who's 16 for somebody for example like the youngest athletes i train right now are seven years old all right but and i know people hearing this are like what the heck like it's gonna stunt their growth and stuff like well hold up man yeah let me talk first you know (laughs) (laughs) with them it's just the exposure I like to think of my sessions with those kids as a playground, you know, build that athleticism at the way that we built it as kids mm-hmm. with all the jumping and stuff. And the only strength training we do is body weight, holds, planks, and it's very simple, right? And I make it fun. Like we do duck walks, we do crab walks. <clears throat> so they're getting strength work and they don't even know it. It's just about coordination and body control at that point. A lot of it, like yeah. for that age, yes. And um, so again, you can start as early uh like there really is like no start. Like if the player's mature enough, then boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, once like as far as like lifting weights, again, when they're mature, typically I find maybe around 11, 12, more of the 12, like 13. Like that's when I see a player that's more mature and, and is able to do uh, finally stuff with weights and stuff like I see that. See a lot right? of 11, 12 year olds that are pretty small, man. As you far think as they can handle it, weights. Oh, and that's why it's gonna vary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's always case by case. It, it's always case yeah. by case and stuff. Because I've seen some small players, but who can like deadlift a kettlebell. With yeah. Perfect technique. And I'm like, okay, like let's do it. Right. But with them, I probably wouldn't give them dumbbells for bench press. Mm-hmm. We would just do push-ups. You yeah. Know? You know what I'm saying? Like that. Like there's ways like to do it. Um, with them, I may, like I would do so chin-ups. by weights, you still technically mean body weight as well yeah yeah just like strength training is the word yeah strength training is going to look different right i'm saying and obviously if they're in high school they still need to be strong in body weight but now we're going to start introducing these more compound lifts one like because they're probably going to be doing it at the higher level or no they are going to be doing it at the higher level and stuff so they need to know how to do it so i'm going to teach them how to do it and do it right and then of course now starting to increase that ceiling like we talked about Right. And going to the mistakes, mistakes is that players, you know, they get influenced from like bodybuilding 
right? And I think bodybuilding is like I thank the bodybuilding world because it has brought so many players into like lifting weights. But then where I don't thank them is the fact that now they're lifting like bodybuilders and now they're not training like athletes. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and I think that's where people get mistaken by, hey, like if you lift weights, you're going to become stiff and you're not going to move as fast. I'm like, OK, if you train like a bodybuilder, that's probably what, like that probably is going to happen, you know, and now you're over because like bodybuilding is a lot of volume. A lot of volume, right? Like four by 10 sets or four sets of 10 reps, which is not ideal for a player. My biggest thing is like, uh, like if we go into the gym, why not let's do the least amount of work with the biggest gain? So now you can really focus, uh, you know what I'm saying, with soccer. Because for me, if you're a soccer player, you need to be training a lot. Yeah. You know, if you want to be at a high level. Because it's such a technical sport. Dude, it's so technical. So technical, right? And, like, this is coming from someone whose job is to increase performance. Right. And I tell players sometimes, like, dude, like, you're lifting too much. Like, go play soccer. Yeah. You know? um, So, as far as, like, actual weights, it's going to be case by case as well. For for the most part. Depending on what their body can handle. Can can handle and and their maturity and, and, uh, like... If I see that like, weaknesses, I'm like, okay, all we need to do is this right here. Like, they don't got to be touching a barbell. Like, definitely not. Mm-hmm. You know, just like small things like that. So when they start taking that step, what are some of the most common weaknesses or mistakes that you see in them? Uh, a weak core. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, like, you always hear that. Um, and then players go in and do crunches, which there's something wrong with crunches. It's let's first do more, like, planks, like things that are like stabilizing like the whole trunk of the body. Mm-hmm. That's why we do planks because it stabilizes what the body, you know what I'm saying? Like the trunk, mm-hmm. that's what holds the limbs. You want the limbs to be explosive fast, right? It, I'm saying like if your legs are so fast but the trunk can't hold it, then you're leaking a lot of power and you're not utilizing everything, right? Just start off with that. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And and again, what was the question, dude? Um, what are the mistakes that, oh, just, that they make when they start to hit the weight room, right? Like whenever, whenever they're transitioning from just being able to control their body and handle mm-hmm. body weight and strength training mm-hmm. to then like actually stepping in the weight room. Like, like my team works with you, mm-hmm. uh, my U17 ECNL boys, and they were in the weight room with you for the entire month of June. Mm-hmm. For many of them, that's the first time they've ever been in a weight room, you know? So like what... I guess just from them, like what are some major things that stuck out to you? Mm, like okay. common errors, like, you know, um, inconsistencies and in like technique and yeah. things like that. A big thing which you come across with uh, a lot of soccer players is just some players don't know how to squat, like even just body weight and stuff. Like they hunch their back, their knees because their go hips over. are so tight. It, it, it's, it's like so many things. And yeah, um, it's not, it's not necessarily that. And, um, a lot of players don't know how to hinge, just bend at the waist while keeping their back straight. Uh, like they, I see their back turns into a, a turtle shell. Mm. And then, so whenever we started like the first week or the first like session, I told them, Hey, today, look at that, look at it as an investment, just learning the technique. So then we can go at it hard, um, mm-hmm. later because we have like the whole month and like they respected that and they're like, okay, like bet. And then. The, literally at the next session, we were already like loading them up because I think I was like I, I was very happy with that first session. They were got their technique right, and then whenever we ended the month, dude, like they were going like pretty heavy already. Yeah, heavy like relative to what they were doing. 
previously, right? But just knowing how to get into positions, that was one thing I was seeing at like 16, 17 years old. I'm like, for me, I'm like, dude, you got to know how to do this now. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? It's now or never. It's exactly. now or never. Yeah. Uh, weak ankles, right? Uh, and so we did like calf raises and stuff. Um, we did a lot of hip mobility mm-hmm. with like, I, I love doing hip cars, which is, uh, hip controlled articulated rotations. All that just means is that we're strengthening while stretching at the same time, which is it's amazing. Everybody yeah. should be doing it, right? Um, see what else? Again, the core, and just to start off with that, you know, like that was one of the biggest things, right? Just their movement patterns and like those little small areas and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I was there that first day, and like you could see that there was a lot of struggle, but you could see also that they were picking it up quickly, you know? Mm-hmm. I think at that, I think they definitely understood how serious it was being in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you, you can't mess around. You mm-hmm. can't, like, you can't joke around about this stuff because that's how you get hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had a weight room accident. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I was about their age in high school. It was our summer program. And I'm sitting there, like, you know, back squatting. And at that point I was, I was already doing more than just the 45 pound plate. Mm -hmm. So it was like a couple of plates on it. And I don't know, I guess like whoever was spotting me didn't like clip their side. And so I just like, I maybe like bumped the rack a little bit on the way up and just kind of lost balance. One side went down, the weights came off, other side flipped up and then it slid down. I think it was it was this hand. It, like, <laughs> slid down and, like, pinched my hand between the safety bar and Ooh, the bar. Yeah, yeah. My hand opened up. Oh, snaps. I had to get, like, seven stitches. Like, Damn. it was a mess. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't a coach in that situation because, like, oh, I would have freaked out. Like, But also, like, if you think back, because I want to touch up just real quick on the safety things that I went over. Yeah. Um, do you think the coach could have done better? <sighs> or was that back, just an accident? Going back to what I said before about like the weight room our strength program it's football coaches they're not necessarily like strength and conditioning coaches oh it's football coaches you know that's what they're just like high school coaches yeah i got you and so you know they aren't like certified strength and conditioning specialists Mm -hmm. where they're gonna like be looking like i remember vividly that day it was only it was a small group like Mm -hmm. so could have had an eye on it, like, you know, mm-hmm. probably should have had an eye on it. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and blame the guy, but, <laughs> like, it happened, it happened, and, mm-hmm. and it's serious, like, yeah. serious injuries can occur in the weight room, and I think they understood that right away, and so I think it was a good move having you just introduce everything that first day, mm-hmm. walking them through some things, um, yeah. and that way they were just more comfortable, like, loading it up the rest of the month. Yeah. 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 So even just entering the weight room, that's when I got like very like serious about it. And I was like, hey, guys, the weight room is not the place that to play around. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see anybody like horsing around. Right. I don't care if you guys are talking, get hype. That's part of the weight room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like that was the biggest thing. And and I said, nobody squats without a spot, you know, without a spotter. Mm-hmm. Literally, dude, I never had an issue. Never once. I. I maybe that one time just said ready and then said, Hey spotter. Oh, boom, boom. Yeah. Like, but they were locked in every single time. And, um, 
I always emphasize, hey, check the clips. Hey, check the clips. Always, always, I was walking around, always looking every, you know, I was going around, hey, man, like shift your toe an inch this way. Little small yeah, things yeah. like that, which at first, I remember the first uh, day, I'm not going to say who it was, but I was like, hey, get Put your hips up. Put them on blast. Up. Put them on blast. <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I get your hips up higher. And he's like, and then he kind of, uh, it's not that he said no or anything. Like he would just, he kind of had this face like, why? Or yeah. Why? And then like later on, he kind of then started doing everything really good. And uh, because I ex- explained like the benefit of why. I'm never going to tell you do this, something. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I tell you exactly why I do it because it's just going to waste time. I feel like I know who exactly you're talking about. You probably do. And <laughs> that and that's it. Like they're they're going to question you. Yeah. And I don't mind that. Yeah. But once you get the answer, you better listen. Yeah. You know, and 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 he did. Yeah. Right? Because, again, I, I think like sometimes they're so used to these like just like uh, like dictator, like figures, like telling them what yeah. to do. And like with kids, a lot of things are like, man, like like I hear all these things, but I don't know why I'm doing it. You tell them why and then you show them that you care about them. You know what I'm saying? Like you care about their development. Mega buy in. hundred percent. And they want to do the work now. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And I think like just speaking on this group, they see how invested we are into them. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's nice to have you a part of our staff, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, just having another voice to influence them in a positive way. Because obviously they hear mine all the time. So, like, we definitely want to have the same message or, mm-hmm. you know, even a complimentary message being shared from mm-hmm. other people to build that culture. And I think, like, we got a good group. You know, we've made some solid changes in, in the group to bring in a little bit more of just what we were missing last season mm-hmm. and, and course, building up yeah. that championship culture. Mm-hmm. I think they're about to go crazy this year, man. And yeah. um, it's, it's going to be largely in part due to their physical fitness level. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, part of their June training routine was obviously training with me twice a week, doing the individual training. And a lot of them have never had the type of training that I do. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've, you know, had some other individual training. Some players maybe have not had individual training at all. Mm-hmm. So there's same thing, like inconsistencies, things that I needed to clean up with them that I've noticed throughout the year, but just don't have time for in just regular team sessions. And, you know, so the first day was a little bit of a, a learning curve, but after that it was like we went hard every day and they like really pushed each other. And we would play pickup on Saturdays. First session, uh, I think it was, you know, just starting off really, like, lackadaisical, where it was like no one was defending, we weren't Mm. pressing, we weren't competing. It was just we were just playing. And that's that's not beneficial to us. Like, I made it clear that that was part of our training regimen. The next week was very competitive. I played with them every week, and I wouldn't let it not be competitive. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, especially anyone that was on my team, like making sure they were matching up, they were following their man, they were, you know, moving off the ball when we had it, like finding space, rotating positions. Like, it was intense. It was like a game. Mm -hmm. And um, then we get to week three, week four, and week four, they're at their prime, man, because they've mm-hmm. just had a whole month of it. They're feeling a little sore. Mm-hmm. Like that last technical session that we had on that Thursday before your last strength session, mm-hmm. 
they were all like feeling it, man. Like they could not get through the session. It yeah. was tough. Yeah. And by Saturday, it's like they were they were done, but they had that one last session in them before their break. And the first 45 minutes were a little bit lazy, but we had an extra, like we were usually going an hour. We ended up going an hour and a half that day. So we stopped it at about 45 minutes um, and, and basically just reset. You know, we went back out there for another 45, the, the second 45 after I demanded more like mm-hmm. work on, on the defensive side of the ball was way better. And so my message to them afterwards was, guys, we just played 90 minutes. We just played a game. We played a full game right now. Mm-hmm. What was better, the first half of the game or the second half of the game? The first 45 before we took a break or the second 45? <laughs> I think the one kid that made the comment to you is the same one that goes first 45. Everyone just kind of like looks at him. It's like, no, bro. Like, obviously, the second half was way better. <laughs> it's funny how like, we haven't said the name, but we're t- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know who it is. <laughs> Maybe we're talking about two different people, but I think it's the same. There's person. two people I'm thinking about, um, who may, who maybe you're thinking about, and then I'm thinking about. There's only two that stand out to me. Whoever it is, we love you guys all. I the love same. those kids, man. We love you Freaking guys awesome all the same. Kids, yeah. But the point is, it was obvious that the second half was better. It was way more competitive. We were working defensively, you know, pushing each other, motivating each other, mm-hmm. raising our level, talking a little shit, you know, but mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. It's like. There's a difference, you know, between just like being mean, yeah, and and like, you know, talking in a personal way, and also taking it in a personal way. Yes, yeah, that's big. But then, like the other side of it, where it's like trying to make you better, holding them accountable. Yeah. So I was like, guys, like all three weeks, who's talked the most shit in in these sessions? me mm-hmm. like i've been on them about everything mm-hmm. i haven't been mean about anything mm-hmm. but it's just like just keeping that energy keeping yeah. that energy make, keeping them on their toes you know sometimes like um what i say like is in my favor because like i do something well sometimes they get me you know what i mean yeah. so they can talk a little bit back but it's always to push each other to a higher level mm-hmm. and so you know with with the amount of like like mental focus that I was putting into those sessions my my message to them after the very last session was we just played 90 minutes the second half was better physically technically you guys are ahead of me right now because obviously I'm coming back from a a major knee surgery like it's going to take some time I'm not fit Mm -hmm. but mentally like I'm playing the game on a way 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 higher level than you guys Mm mm-hmm so it's like, maybe you guys can stay sharper for longer. I'm going to get you. You might get me a few times. But once I get fit, that's going to change. Mm-hmm. But mentally, it's just a whole different level right now. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> you know, like, they're, they're primed and ready to go. But taking that next step now is going to be the mental side of things. Yeah. So how do you think, like, the strength and conditioning side helps to to be that glue to bring everything together almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you understand like the question? I do. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, dude, that's a great question. You're right. Cause that mental aspect of strength and conditioning is very critical. Yeah. And I think that's where you, uh, you really see the separation of the men and the boys, the good and the great, you know, and if you can push through strength and conditioning, which is, it's not a, a bar at your feet, 
right? So you're going to need willpower. Yeah. You're going to need to exert a lot of force. You're going to need to stay focused with something that's probably not that fun. If you can push through it because you know it's going to help your your development development in the long term. I mean, that's already kind of like bulletproofing your mind because right. you're doing things that you don't like but you know are good. It's just like it's just like taking a cold shower in the morning. I did it for one month. It was horrible. But like once I was like done, I was kind of looking forward to them. Because you, you know? prove to yourself that you can you, do it. You can, yeah. yeah. And like whenever you do hard things, oh, here, man, like I love this quote. Um, dang, man, how does it go? I, I forget the quote, but it's something around the lines like doing hard stuff now so it's easy later. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and instead of like the other way around. Uh, but again, that really changes you as a person. Absolutely. Especially over time. Like I know the person I was 10 years ago at 17 versus now, like like my headspace is in a whole nother level as far as like what I can do or, or like what I believe myself like to do because of the hard things I did. Mm-hmm. So like w- what players can take from strength and conditioning that makes them tougher on the, you know, like on the field, you know, they're going to just feel more, like more confident in themselves because they know they can really challenge themselves and, and do the shit that other, the other players aren't doing, yeah. you know? And like, even if that boosts like their ego a little bit, right? Like I would rather have my player a little bit, uh, egotistical than like you low self-esteem, you, you know? Right. But also being able to like humble yourself when needed of to, to learn and stuff. So, I mean, that's the answer I was looking for, man. Like that's it right there. It's like, we success is developed through struggle mm-hmm. yes that's yeah. it it's through struggle so like the more that we can put ourselves in that environment where we're just having to like battle ourselves more than anything then the more prepared we're going to be when we actually have an opponent in front of us mm-hmm. and um you know i think that's the biggest thing a lot of people are afraid of challenge afraid to challenge themselves mm-hmm. You know, with the cold shower thing, like I used to do that too, and it's terrible. It's, it's horrible. It's, fucking it's not fun at all. Like, <laughs> I never enjoyed it, but yeah. it's like I did it, and like I knew that I could do it, and mm-hmm. you know, and even just going back to like our pickup games that we were having, I wanted them to defend, like I wanted them to match up and stay with their man, and put pressure on the ball at all times, mm-hmm. and if they just like think that they can't do it because they're tired yeah then that's the same energy that they're going to bring to every practice and Mm -hmm. every game Mm -hmm. you can do it your body's gonna do it but you have to have the mental strength to get you through it to have the right response in the exact right moment that you need to have it the mental always gives up first before the physical yes the body can keep going yeah right and like i know i've told them that whenever we were doing fitness to like one of the groups uh where it was like hey keep pushing yourself and I see their faces. I see them just like wanting to just like, (laughs) I hate you. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I talked to them. I'm like, I'm like, look, like this is what's going to really build you. Yeah. Cause you're doing something that's so tough, but it's like, like literally like, like five minutes ago, that's when you wanted to quit, but you literally lasted another five minutes. Mm -hmm. So like, like, how does that feel? Like, how does that make you feel inside? Accomplished. It feels so good. Because you're like, holy crap, I I wanted to give up five minutes ago, but I literally went at it for another five minutes. If not, I went harder. Yeah. Right. And it's like the body can do amazing things, right? Now it's just that like mental training, you know, the, now it's that mental training that's the tough part that you gotta keep on training through these tougher environments. Cause it's like you know, like once you get at that very high level, like at the pro level, 
you know those guys like mindset is in a whole nother plane yeah. you know even just looking at the difference between ecnl rl and for the girl side like fdl and then like classic and stuff i see a trend all these ecnl girls or at least a lot of them uh they're just so confident in themselves mm-hmm. you know like they have the of, of course all the necessary attributes to be at ecnl right and then i look at i've gotten some fdl players who have also those same technical qualities but their mindset their self-esteem is not there mm. and i'm like that's a good point yeah and i'm like holy crap uh like if we are to just like increase your self-esteem that like m- those are mental battles you could be at a whole other level but they're scared of it a lot of players are scared of it and the ones that do want to do it what well, it, it's unfortunate that they have to start uh i guess like behind a little bit but that doesn't mean that you can't build it just keep on doing the hard things and yeah. eventually they're going to get there as well you know man that was good. I feel like that's a good place to stop right there. That's we awesome, could go man. on forever, oh, but like I appreciate you know your time and you coming on. We're definitely gonna be working together a lot more, Footy and Armist, but Hell then yeah, also man. with our teams, uh, my team with DKSC. Um, but man, we're we're definitely gonna have to have a follow up to this because I feel like we're just only scratching the surface on really what like performance training as a whole is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't even talked about like, I mean even going into the specific types of strength and conditioning, but Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. other things that affect performance, like the mental side, the nutritional side, like the loading side as well, like undertraining, overtraining. Yeah. yeah, So so much to it. So much to it. But man, I feel like that's a good stopping place for now. I appreciate your time, man. We'll definitely have to do it again. Let's go, man. Yeah. No, no, yeah, man. It's been fun, dude. And uh, bro, I got to say, man, like just like before I end, uh, this has definitely been the funnest podcast I've done because it's just been soccer and strength and conditioning. And, uh, dude, I can talk about this all day. Just like you said, Riley, bro, like we literally could be here for 10 hours, man. Yeah, so, absolutely. So yeah, man. But, yeah, hey, appreciate the love. Definitely going to have to uh, follow up on, on yes, that sir. sometime yes, soon. Um, this was episode 33. Make sure you share it to all your people. That's all we really care about. Just trying to spread the message. Just trying to do good in this world. It's all we want to do. It's all we want to do. So until next time, peace.